Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. God made me punch in accurate numbers. My castle won't crumble. What I tackle will fumble. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked I make all my moves on the board, I invented my steps uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler, I feel like Mansa Musa Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda Triangle, look at it from my angle I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels yeah. I'm a king Heavy is the head that wears the crown I put in extra work that just can't be found I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king king. Yeah, yeah Good morning Good afternoon Good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast I am your host, Jay Spence the King And I am here on a Victory Tuesday Heading into that Victory Wednesday I guess we can call it Victory Wednesday Hump Day Make sure y'all kick with me and Joe tonight for Hump Day Hotline But it's a victory Tuesday. You know what I mean? My boys just went down to Miami and did something brutal. You know what I mean? Like just, yeah. So I'm excited about that. But I'm also excited. I got a very, very special guest joining me in a couple of seconds. She's in the back waiting. So I'm going to bring her in. But before I bring her in, I, I just kind of, I want to talk about something real quick. And I'll probably get her, um, I'll get her opinion on this. And I'll, I'll see kind of how she feels. But I need, I need Buffalo fans to relax. <laughs> I need y'all to relax. Josh Allen is still Josh Allen, okay? I just need y'all to kind of just breathe, just woo-sah, you know, uh, just, whew, it's okay. It's okay. First of all, we just won 35 to nothing. No, it wasn't Josh throwing, you know, it, it wasn't him throwing five touchdowns, getting it. It wasn't him throwing three and running for two. He didn't go for 420 yards for an 80% completion percentage. No, he didn't do it. He threw an interception. I understand. I understand it might be scary because he doesn't look the way he looked last year. I understand. However, there's a couple things I need y'all to actually just like pay attention to. First, you got to pay attention to the fact that we got to give credit where it's due. The Pittsburgh Steelers in week one, I think they're going to be probably a top five unit in the the NFL this year defensively. I think think that defensive line and and those cornerbacks and safeties together is going to be something scary for anybody who plays them. Now, I know, you know, we don't like to talk positively about other teams and, and, you know, their players and all that stuff. Pittsburgh got it for real. Um, Clearly, Josh is – I always joke and I say Josh Allen is the Miami Dolphins' daddy. You know what I mean? Like, so he went down and they enjoyed Father's Day. Uh, But – in reality, they have a pretty good defense, too. Um, now, it didn't look like it when you look at the score. But if you watch the game, then you see that there were times that they kind of confused Josh. There were some plays that Josh might not have looked the way that we expected him to look like he normally goes down, down to Miami and just dominates, which we did, but not the same way we're used to. It's week two. Now it's week three. OK, so I just need you all to kind of relax and you know and I see comment in the stat in the comments here uh saying that you know Derek Carr just beat the same Pittsburgh defense that's true but guess what Derek Carr has that the Bills didn't have in week one a running game guess what else (laughs) he did that Derek Carr seems you know I'm not even going to debate about Derek Carr because this is not a a uh, Las Vegas Raiders show I am here to talk about my Buffalo Bills and to talk about my boys so uh, that's my lead I'm not even going to do a full little monologue because like I said I'm very very excited to have my special guest with me I have Miss Lindsay okay well I'm gonna I'm bring her in I feel like everybody pretty much knows who she is um Miss Lindsay hi it's so nice to see you it is very nice to 
see you and finally meet you in part. Well, not in person, but in person. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. Well, thank you for doing this with me. Thank you for taking the time out. Um, this is going to be a little different for you. I know you really, um, you typically like you go in hard on football. I love your timeline. Like I love how you, <laughs> I love your timeline, but we're going to talk a little bit of football, but I really want to talk about you a little bit as well. So okay. uh, start off, you know, let's, um, let's, let's hit it where I left off. The Buffalo Bills fan base seems to be concerned right now about Josh Allen. And um, I think there are things that plays into that factor. The first thing that I think is the offensive line. Um, I know they improved this week in comparison to week one against the Steelers, but I still think there has to be some improvement there. What are your thoughts as far as a, the the production that we've seen so far from Josh Allen and then B what factors do you think play into the, the reasoning why he isn't, you know, looking as dominant as he did last year. Right. So let me preface this by saying like, I am somebody that covers the entire NFL. So it's hard for me to focus on like one game at a time, but I did go Mm -hmm. back and watched like the highlights and everything just to like prep myself for this. And that was the first thing I noticed was the offensive line. Um, And I, it's hard for me to be too critical because it is week two and um, you know, things are just starting to really gel. And sometimes, especially with an offensive line, like it does take a little bit and it might take some like shifting around and just take, you know, a couple more practices to get things down. But that was the first thing I noticed. And I'm not going to say it's like too alarming to me at this point, just because it is so early. But I mean, they have time to get it together and they're, I feel like the talent is there and I feel like they have the pieces to be able to get it to be better. And nowadays in the NFL, that's the success of your quarterback is really dependent upon your offensive line. So I'm not going to say that's the entire reason why Josh Allen has seemed to be struggling so far, um, but it definitely is a factor. So, yeah, well, it, to your point about the offensive line, because I actually noticed that you kind of you kind of got at somebody earlier, kind of questioning you about like, what do you mean the <laughs> offensive line? First of all, yeah. I love it, but but secondly, the thing is, this is the first you know the first two games now this is the first two games that the offensive line has actually played together so right. the, the same guys have been there last year but they weren't healthy at you know at, at some every game somebody wasn't in or somebody wasn't able to be part of it so this is the first time this unit is trying to gel together as a unit um and, and i agree i'm not going to blame it on the offensive line but i think it's a factor when when you okay. consider the communication up front and all that stuff but another thing that i think is that you know i think when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC championship game, I think they kind of put a blueprint out there on how to defend Josh Allen and how to defend uh, the offense of the Buffalo Bills. Can you kind of just speak again? I know you cover the entire NFL and I know the AFC championship was a game that I'm sure you covered. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you just speak a little bit to the blueprint that they put out there? Because that's another thing I think we're missing. You know, it's a tough thing now when there's film and, and now we actually have an idea on how to cover these guys. Right. And see, I struggle with the whole like blueprint idea in the NFL just because it's hard for me to like, I'm just going to bring up another example. Like everyone says that everyone has the blueprint now to beat the Chiefs now that the Ravens did it like this past (laughs) Sunday night. And like, I just, I, I just, I, I hate that. (laughs) Um, But I mean, it, 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 because like defense, like defensive players get paid too. And Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes gets paid too the chiefs offensive line gets paid too, you know? So it's like, I mean, these people, when they see a team like the Buffalo bills, who is obviously a AFC contender, that's a game that every defense is circling on their calendar. And that's a team that people are working to beat because they know they're one of the top teams in the NFL right now. So um, I don't really, like I said, I don't really subscribe to the whole like blueprint idea, but I definitely think that more teams are putting in the effort to be able to pick apart their weaknesses. Whereas, you know, other teams might not be doing that. Yeah. And to your point, I also agree with that. Um, as far as the blueprint thing, especially like you're talking about teams and the chiefs and all that. First of all, not every team has Lamar Jackson, right? Not everything. So like there's things that Lamar can do that there's, you know, 31 other quarterbacks in the league that can't do. <laughs> so, you know, it takes a, it takes a special kind of play or player to do what we saw Monday night or Sunday night in that game. But um, another thing that I, as far as the blueprint, like I said, I know we don't like to use that term, but the thing that I see about it is, and it's actually in the comments, I was going to bring it up. 
teams don't appear to really be blitzing anymore because Josh is one of the better quarterbacks in the league at kind of evading pressure, getting out of the pocket when the pressure comes. And then because that pressure is coming, he's finding the open guy. He's finding the guy that, you know, typically would have been covered by the blitzer or whatever. Um, is that something that you're noticing too? Definitely. Um, it definitely in the first two weeks, I feel like, again, like it's hard for me to say that teams aren't blitzing anymore because it's only week two. So, um, I mean, we could see, we could see some of that in the future, but I, it's definitely something that I have been noticing too throughout the entire NFL. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the NFL for a minute because there's been like some great, <laughs> there's been some great games oh uh, to God. start the season. Uh, primetime, you can't ask for better primetime games that, than we've had so far. I feel like um, the the opening game was amazing. We had a game, we had a game going to overtime. We had a game that go down to the wire, and then Sunday another game go down to the wire. Can we ask for anything better from the NFL starting off? Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> I was like, I said the same thing like this past um, Sunday night. And then I was like, I looked at the Thursday night game this week and I was like, mm, okay, I feel like this is going to be like our one dud, like, especially now that, you know, Tyrod Taylor is out, which is so unfortunate for him. But um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, it's been exciting. And that's like, I mean, we usually, I feel like we use a lot of like the primetime games that are just, you know, those games that you struggle to stay awake watching, like even early on in the season, but um, they've been really good so far. Yeah. They've been exciting to say the least, but um, it's just been as a football fan, you know, it's like you go through this, obviously every year we go through the off season, but the thing that makes this more exciting for me this year is that, you know, like last year, Obviously, there were no fans or limited fans in certain arena or stadiums. So now, you know, to, to see the game and to actually have real crowd noise and real like I never thought I would miss people, but yeah. I miss people so much. And, you know, do you think that the crowd being back is a factor to certain things as well? Because that's another thing about Josh. People are like I'm seeing in comments and I'm seeing on the timeline on Twitter. People are like, hey, maybe last year he was able to play like that because it felt like practice to him. And now it's a game and it's in front of fans and blah, 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 blah. Do you feel like that might be a factor not only for Josh, but just for people around the league in general? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely noticed like a lot of the crowd noise like around the NFL is kind of affecting the quarterbacks. I saw it. Um, uh, what was the game I'm thinking of with the 49ers with the uh, in Philly? Um, that was, I mean, they were loud. Um, again, Sunday night, the Ravens fans are really loud. Um, so I feel like it's, it's definitely a factor, but I just think it's something to get used to. I mean, these guys are normal. I mean, last year was a fluke. So normally these players, I mean, even if you're, you know, a rookie or a second year player, you're used to the crowd noise in college. So I think it's just, it's something that the guys are going to have to get used to. I think they'll eventually yeah. get there. I think so too. Um, because like you said, they've, they've played uh, all of these guys, you know, with the exception of maybe a couple that have played for small schools in college, these guys are going to colleges that sometimes have bigger crowds than the NFL games, you know? So I don't, I don't think that the crowd noise really is a factor. Um, it may be a factor in a sense of like some false starts, but that's never, that to me, that doesn't change from what has happened years past, you know, I, I always think, for instance, I went to the the Cardinals game this past Sunday and they have an actual count. And from, I think, 2009 or whatever, they lead the league according to their stats. I don't know if it's true, but they lead the league in in crowd forced false starts. So I just think it's something that it affects people, period. And um, I don't think it's something that will contribute to, obviously, like if Josh is MVP caliber, he's MVP caliber. If he's not, he's not. I don't think it has anything to do with the crowd. We give ourselves too much credit at times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but uh, so but again, you, you cover the entire league. So kind of tell me right now, like and I know it's week two going into week three now, but who are you watching? Like what are, what teams are you excited about this year um, that you expect big things from or, or just, you know, who really grabs your attention that not everyone is talking about? Um, the Raiders are a huge surprise to me. Um, I had them like in the, my bottom half of like, I, I guess I ranked the teams like, you know, I like to rank teams like kind of after training camp, but before the actual game mm -hmm. start and they were on my bottom half. I mean, they really surprised me against the Ravens. I thought it, I, I had a sense that they might win, but not by not playing the way that they played. I mean, Derek Carr, especially like he's been great. And um, that's kind of a team that's really surprised me. Um, the Niners are great. I think are great. Um, 
again, I've been a huge Jimmy Garoppolo believer um, throughout this entire process with him. And I just think a lot of people were kind of counting him out. And I mean, they did struggle a little bit and they didn't get um, Kittle involved like they should have. They Brandon Ayuk's another one that they haven't really gotten involved like they should have. But I mean, I guess people would have could have predicted them to win these two games, but I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. So, um, and then of course the Ravens, I, um, I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't beat the Raiders, but I mean, I'm, they needed that game on Sunday night and they really pulled it out and really, that was a statement win. It was Lamar is Lamar is, um, he, he's going to get hate. I think for the most part of his career, I just think it's one of those things he's going to get hate, but Regardless if he's a, he's not a he's not a thrower of the ball like he's not Tom Brady. He's not Patrick right. Mahomes. But the thing is, he leads that offense. And I, I just I love what he does earlier in the um in the year. Actually, when the Ravens came to Buffalo for the playoff game, I did a, a segment where I said not bad for a running back and a tight end because it, coming out of the draft, everybody kept saying Lamar should be a running back or a wide receiver. And Josh Allen is too. He's a runner. He should switch to tight end. And for for those guys to kind of get to where they, you know, where they made it at that point, I thought it was impressive. But somebody from a team that I feel is slept on and I'm actually happy my man Steve in the comments just said it. Carolina is surprising to me. I love I now I made a bet with a couple people prior to the season that I thought Sam Darnold was actually going to improve a ton. I, I, you know, I think um, not to speak negatively about anybody, but I think Adam Gates should just like not be close to any quarterback with talent. And, you know, I feel like, you know. Peyton Manning has really helped that guy get jobs and he sent his kids to college and all this stuff. So I think, I think at some point we got to understand that coaching really absolutely matters. Uh, what are your thoughts on Carolina so far to this point? Yeah. I mean, I've always been, I've always been like a Sam Darnold fan. Um, I didn't expect him to do as well as he is doing so far, but I did expect him to improve and he's kind of somebody that, can really benefit on getting out of the dumpster fire that is the New York Jets. Um, mm-hmm. And um, just getting like a, di- getting in a, inside a different atmosphere and a different place. And I mean, I hate to say this about the Jets, but sometimes I feel like they don't care about their players. And as a quarterback, like having like a team wanted him. And like, that means a lot to like a guy like Sam Darnold, who hasn't had a lot of success. So um, yeah, I like it. And the Chargers too, which yeah, um, I saw his company. What that guy's name is, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously Justin Herbert's a star. We know this, but um, yeah, I'm excited about them too. Well, uh, speaking about the Jets, really quickly, another thing about the Jets, I know you mentioned the team sometimes, like the front office and and just the way they handle their players. It seems like they don't care, but that's mm-hmm. a tough market to play in too. Like you know, For Bills sure. Mafia is a crazy market, like and and we're wild and whatnot, but. The Jets being in New York or New Jersey, it's a really tough market to play in when it comes to, you know, if you don't have a good game, you're dragged. And it's not like a normal drag. It's like you're really dragged. And it's it's probably very tough on people's emotional and mental health when it comes to like just doing their job, being a quarterback. Um, it's probably a whole lot tougher in that market. Can you speak a little about about because now I want to kind of transition to, to um, the Giants out there. Daniel Jones, he looked pretty good last week. Yeah. So I'm somebody that all last season, I I've never been like a big Daniel Jones hater. I know like a lot of people just like think he stinks and like all this stuff. He didn't look as bad as I thought everyone said he looked last season, especially without Saquon Barkley. I mean, he, I feel like Daniel Jones improved a little bit game after game after game. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I kind of worried like transitioning to this next season, if that would kind of fall off a little bit, just because sometimes when you get yourself into the rhythm and then, you know, you get disappointed and, you know, things kind of fall off. But I mean, like you said, he hasn't looked terrible. I mean, I was really surprised by his performance week two. And um, I don't know if the problem there is I feel like sometimes the Giants have trouble like building upon their wins and they Mm -hmm. kind of play down to like their opponent, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think they're they're more talented than than people feel or than they think. And when and when Barkley kind of I've had an ACL tear and I know he's like an amazingly freakishly gifted athlete. But the thing is, an ACL tear is an ACL tear. And I don't care how hard you work, the mental aspect of trusting your knee again and 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 kind of just 
being fluid with those cuts and those runs, it's not, it just, it's not natural to come back. You have to actually grow to the place where you trust it. So I think when they, when they get a hundred percent Barkley back mentally and physically, I think that the team is going to be scary. Um, but let, this is a bill show. So I don't want to tick off my, uh, my fan base here. So we're going to talk a little bit about the AFC East in general. Um, we talked a little bit about the jets already. Now this past Sunday, we did face the Miami dolphins and Tua went out with a rib injury early on. Um, what do you think the Miami Dolphins is? What do you think they can look like if if two is not in? Do you think they're better off with uh, Tua not starting, or you know, because obviously last year there were times that they kept pulling them. It was kind of like a yo-yo effect where they would throw Fitz in there and and say Fitz go close the game for us. You know, do you think that at this point maybe it's just it's just not looking like he's he's going to be the NFL quarterback that a lot of people thought he was going to be? Yeah. So I. I said that last year, like I hated that they did that, especially with the young guy. I understand like you want to throw the veteran in there, but that's just teaching him. That's teaching your young guy that when things get tough, somebody's going to be there to clean up the mess. And that's not always the way that's not how things work in the NFL. So I didn't like that. I thought it was kind of like, it's a confidence killer. I mean, if you're a quarterback and you're sitting there and you know, it's third down and they're pulling you out and putting Ryan Fitzpatrick in, you're like, I I wanted to go for that. I was in the rhythm to go for that. Like, why can't I go for that? So that's kind of how I thought about that situation. Um, I think it's unfortunate for him. I would have liked to see him really just get a chance this year, get a full chance without, you know, the reinforcements of Ryan Fitzpatrick back there. So it's unfortunate for him that he is, has this injury. Um, I was kind of looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, I'm not closing the door on him yet. I like Jacoby Brissett. Unfortunately, he didn't have as great a game last week against you guys, but um, I think he's a solid backup. I'm not saying, you know, he's anything special, but I feel like if you would, if Tua didn't get hurt, I feel like the result was probably going to be the same. Yeah. Well, so I like Jacoby Brissett I, as when he was with um, the Colts, I was, I was pretty much, I mean, obviously they lost Andrew Luck. So that's a huge drop off in talent. And um, Andrew Luck is one of those generational talents that, you know, you wish that things didn't go the way they went. But I saw a lot from Jacoby Brissett then that made me say, you know, he can be a starter in this league somewhere. Mm -hmm. But the last two times, actually, he's played against the Buffalo Bills, he's been shut out. So I don't know if it's just that the Bills have his number. You know, if our defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, just kind of knows what he's doing when it comes to Brissett. Um, but like you said, I don't think that I don't think it would have been much of a difference if Tua was the starter at, at all. But um, but I, I do. I like Brian Flores as well. I think the team is headed in the right direction. I just think they got to figure out some things. A lot of their star players over the last couple of years have not been happy and they've wanted out. Um, there's it just seems like as much as I want to trust him as a good coach, it just seems to be some culture things going on down in Miami. Do you do you know anything about that or can you speak to, you know, why it seems like? You know, yeah, they're building, but then at the same time, you know, you throw two bricks up there and then you're taking down a brick at the same time. Uh, can you kind of speak to that for a moment? Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think it's um, I, I don't really know anything about what's going on down there. I have no like inside info or anything like that. But um, I think like they have a good team and they have like a lot of talent. I mean, Xavier Howard is great. Um, but like you said, like a lot of players don't seem happy down there. And I mean, Brian Flores was like in the running for wasn't he in the running for coach of the year last year? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so there has to be something there. Um, but I don't know if it's like the, maybe there's no like veteran leadership. There could be something. Um, I mean, I don't really know. I wish I did. Yeah. You know, let's, let's go up North now to, to uh, the new England Patriots. Everybody wants the new England Patriots to come back and, you know, outside of Buffalo, everybody is like expecting Mac Jones to be the second coming of Tom Brady. And, you know, they're talking big about him. Uh, what have you seen to this point? Again, it's only, you know, we've had two games, so it, there's not a ton of film out there and there's not, um, you know, we're not able to see how he reacts to different defensive situations. Like we would probably be able to talk about come like week 10, week 12, but, what do you, how do you uh, see that situation now? And I'll tell you, my heart is, so I'm a Cam Newton fan, even though he was with the Patriots, I'm a Cam fan. So it kind of hurt me that they cut him, but I understand why they did. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just talk a little bit about the Patriots and, and what you see going on up there? 
Yeah. Um, like you said, I'm a huge Cam Newton fan also. And it like, I really, I really did want to see him get a chance with, you know, a year under his belt with the same system and all that kind of stuff. But I understand, like you said, the reasons why he's not there anymore. Um, I kind of wish he were, um, you know, I mean, I feel like, I feel like Mac Jones could use a good like veteran guy behind him like that, but I understand like why he's not there. Um, I think Mac Jones is, I'm not ready to say that he's going to be like the next Tom Brady or anything, but I have him right now as probably the best in this rookie class quarterback wise for this year. Um, I just feel like they, aside from Trey Lance, I guess we're taking Trey Lance out of the equation because he's not the starter, but I feel like Mac Jones has the, I guess, surrounding talent and the coaching staff and everything in place for him to have success. Whereas like, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson kind of just got thrown to the wolves because there was no other choice. Um, but that being said, I definitely feel like Mac Jones earned that job. Um, obviously Bill Belichick likes him. Josh McDaniels is he's the perfect guy for Josh McDaniels. Um, he does need some work. Like I'd like to see him throw the ball downfield a little bit more. Um, I've noticed a lot during these first two games that it's just been mostly short passes. And I mean, he's had some success with it. I'm not knocking that if you, if you're successful with it, then do it. There's no reason to, you know, fix what's not broken. But um, I would definitely like to see him pass the ball downfield a little bit more. And I think, um, I don't know if there's some sort of like, maybe they're afraid to take the training wheels off kind of thing. Um, but, you know, that's what, that's kind of what I would like to see. Yeah, I'm actually shocked that because um, you the, the tight ends that they have there and they actually improved the receivers for him. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm actually shocked that it's not much more of a like a, a major passing attack with those tight ends. Like I, I expected them to like really just throw it down people's throats down the middle of the field all game. And it just doesn't look like that. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And I agree with you about about the rookie class at t- to this point, because like everybody knew and everybody thought Trevor Lawrence was going to come in and just be like, OK, he's lights out. He's he's the next whoever. I'm not too sure of his coach. Like, I just I don't know if his coach. I don't I don't know. I just have a lot of questions when it comes to to the front office and coaching staff down there in Jacksonville um, is it, rough is rough down there. <laughs> it is for sure. And like, I like Trevor Lawrence. I love. I love Jaguars fans. They're like one of the most passionate fan bases. I think Um, to be able to stick with a team for that long after so many years of just nothing is phenomenal. I think that's great. Um, But that being said, like they have a couple core pieces in there, but I mean, it's not really, I wouldn't say it's like there, I wouldn't say Trevor Lawrence is built for success there. And I'm putting the same on Zach Wilson. Yeah. And well, you know what? Zach Wilson is in in a far, I probably, I don't know. I, I'm a Bills fan, obviously. So in the AFC East, I want to say, like, I think Zach Wilson is in a far worse situation than Trevor. So Lawrence is, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if I trust his coach and I'm not sure. But I feel like a couple injuries that happened down there kind of hurt some things. And I feel like, you know, there's some things that really will kind of hinder his development early this season. Mm-hmm. But um, I think for the long haul, if they get a better coach, maybe maybe he's a good coach. I don't know. They get a better coach. I feel like for the long haul, he's set up better. New Jersey with the Jets, I just don't see it. I, I just really don't see it there. I, I don't know. We can move on because I don't want to talk bad about everybody today. But <laughs> so, but let's talk a little bit about you because um, you have, you know, you've you've basically entered into a, 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 I guess, an arena that has typically in the past been dominated by men, and you've come in and you've made your mark and you've done great things and you know i followed you for quite some time before actually reaching out and kind of seeing if we can get you on the show but you know i just watch your interactions and i i I read you know a lot and i go to your website so i mean there's you have good information and good knowledge can you talk a little bit about kind of how you got started how you got into um covering the nfl sure so i um I originally started like most people do as a fan um, and I am from Baltimore. So I am a Ravens fan. So I just, you know, you know, got together with friends um, on the weekends to watch the games and everything. And I just started tweeting about the Ravens games and that's kind of how it started. I lucked my way into, I was um, Ed Reed's intern for a while 
And that's kind of how I got started in it. It showed me, I mean, I've seen pretty much every side of the NFL. I've seen it as a fan. I've seen it from behind the scenes. I've seen it as some a member of the media. So I feel like not to toot my own horn, but I feel like my coverage is kind of like a combination of all those three, three, three things. So, um, yeah. And then I just, I, you know, networked my ass off and, um, met a lot of cool people like through that job and, um, like a lot of media people and everything. And I just kind of, you know, went, started to go the media route and that's kind of what I'm doing now. And it's, you know, long story short, it's worked out pretty well. So. (laughs) Well, it absolutely has like everything that I see, um, you know, so there's, I've, I've started a new show. So on Saturday nights, I do a show called the chop up and I have, um, the president from Bill's Mafia Babes, Kristen Kimmick, and then I have uh, Angelina White. She does another pod. And then there's another gentleman, uh, Sterling, that jumps on with me. And we do this, you know, roundtable type deal. And the thing is, I'm trying to to obviously be more inclusive and I'm trying to have the platform be shared with women because I think that a lot of women have have good knowledge. And a lot of times what bothers me is now because I'm doing this, I'm noticing the comments and I'm noticing how people um, like it, I had somebody one time tell one of my guests, like, well, break down some film and then maybe we can talk. And it's like, you know, so it's just not, it's just not a good look. And it's not one of those things that I, that I typically, um, I don't have an easy time with letting that stuff go. So I've noticed how you handle yourself and how you conduct yourself. Um, how are you able to navigate that without really just like blowing up? Cause I mean, you, you get a ton of crap every day. Yeah. Um, how do you navigate that without without blowing up on people? Um, most days it's easy. It's most days it's easy to ignore. Um, and you know, but like when you're having a bad day or like you're not feeling well or like you know something happened in your personal life that you know you obviously don't want to talk about online because a it's personal and b you know people are going to give you shit for it. Um, it's it can get to you and. Um, it's hard for me in a sense, because like, I'm a one, I'm a one woman show. I don't have an intern. I don't have somebody that answers my DMS or anything like that. So like, I don't have the option of like the NFL never stops. So I don't have the option of just shutting my laptop or like turning my phone off and just like doing something else. Like, obviously I give myself like time to like, you know, spend with friends and things like that. But I mean, like, some like I'm just I tell myself all the time that they'll never say it to my face because they don't. I've had people like talk to me. I've had people say horrible things to me online and I've seen them in person and they turn away. So I know they're not going to say it to my face um, and be like they're either upset with themselves or they're jealous of me. And um, I mean, that might sound a little bit conceited, but I mean, it's the truth. So I just, you know, I tell myself these things and I've gotten, I've gotten better at like just blocking and not even responding. Um, I've gotten better at that kind of stuff, but yeah, it's definitely harder than a lot of people think it is. Um, if it was just people telling me that I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I'm a girl, go to the kitchen, go do laundry, that kind of thing. If that was all it was fine. I'll take that any day. But I've had like, I've had, I have some stories. I have some like stalking stories. I've gotten death threats. My parents phone has been called before. Like, I mean, I, it's like stuff that shouldn't like nobody signs up for this. Like I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, no, that's, that's ridiculous. Um, It's football. It's It's literally like, (laughs) You know what I mean? <laughs> well, so because of what you're saying, um, and I'm going to bring in, so one of my co-hosts who that I just mentioned that I talked about, uh, she she is a co-host with me on Saturday nights when we do the chop up, but she's also the president for this uh, wonderful organization that I believe right now it stands at like 13,000 women. Um, and it's the Bills Mafia Babes group. And they've done so many things with charity and they've done all these things. But with working with them, I've seen the same type of treatment that you get, I see the same thing um, with them. So I, what I wanted to do was I actually wanted to bring her in and and kind of add to this conversation. So that way, you know, things that the two of you can relate on, I kind of wanted her to kind of drive this conversation and then me just kind of be a, a, a fly on the wall and, and, and give this platform to 
to women and to you and and because it's sports and i yeah. think it's all the same so i'm gonna bring in kristen really quickly my homegirl k gun what up k gun hey, how are you? good good um before we even say anything i need to just point out that in sync picture on your phone oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i was watching i was like oh girl we're gonna get along just fine i was yeah like, and that's just in timber like that one <laughs> is that Justin? Is a G, is it like baby Jesus? Yes, um, sure is. Okay, I love it. <laughs> good grief. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Good, good. I have so many questions for you, but like, before I say that, like, I I just want to throw props your way because you are you're a symbol for all of us that are are trying to you know hold our own. You really are. Um, you know, for all of us that are trying to hold our own because you know it. As you just said, as a woman in sports, we we get a lot of. And there are some good people out there that are always, you know, always have our back, are always standing up for us. But there's also that side that is so ugly that I know personally for me, I've learned that even a single interaction now gives them our platform, and it's just not worth it. And I know that you probably deal with the same things, obviously, but like you handle it with grace, um, and you're just kind of like paving this way for us to like. Be able to kind of like the little people that follow along behind you, you know? <laughs> like, so I just really appreciate you. That means a lot. It really does. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, my main question was what really what kind of what Spence just asked you, which was, you know, how did how did you get where you are? And I love hearing that it started at a fan level and, and just kind of grew from there. Um, but I mean, like obviously you're still seeing parts of the glass ceiling, like from the national side of it. Is that something that you still feel like even on the level that you're at? Is that something that you still feel like, I mean, on a regular basis, not just coming from fans? I, I'm not asking for names or anything like that. But like, do you still get like kind of the ridicule from, you know, peers or higher ups or anything like that? Or does that kind of does that disintegrate a little bit more as, as you climb? Um, it does disintegrate, I guess, as um, as I don't want to say like as you get bigger, because I don't think of myself like that. But I mean, I definitely have had interactions with people um, in the past that would never, ever say what they said to me back then to my face now. They would never. Um, and it's such a hard subject to talk about sometimes because like, I don't, I don't consider myself, like, I don't consider myself somebody that's like I don't consider myself like a celebrity or anything like that so it's hard for me to like talk about myself in this way um but like I've had interactions with people that they're like oh I know who you are and I'm like you know who I am like things like that and it's like I I don't know um but but definitely like some people especially when I because I cover the Ravens locally and um as like the one of the only women i mean it's obviously evolved since then but as one of the only women who did it like back then mm -hmm. and there was definitely like a lot of hostility i remember two people and i'm not going to say names or who they were affiliated with but two different people who worked at the same organization who did things like tell me i needed to do my makeup differently and um tell me that i'd never be allowed in a locker room and things like that. And I obviously haven't spoken to them since then, but I would really like to see their reaction now. Right. Right. I totally, I feel that. I feel that. Cause it's like the audacity. Number I mean, one. like I was like a 21 year old intern and you're telling me to do my makeup differently. It's like, they, and as like an intern who's like, and this is like a pretty big radio guy at the time, like a local radio guy. And I'm like, I'm trying to be in this industry and you're telling me this. And it's like, it, it really like dampens your, like I went home and cried that day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's that, it's that stuff that it's those moments where it's just kind of like, I, I know personally too, I hit those walls and it's like, what, what am I doing? You know, but like, you don't want to give up because this is what you're passionate about and you want to keep moving forward. But there's just this glass ceiling that sometimes feels impossible to break through. And it's so frustrating, you know? And I think that's, you know, it, that's kind of where our organization was built from was that five years ago, I went through an attack um like a pretty brutal one and i decided at that moment that i was just done with social media and so i went and i made this like little facebook group and i called it the bills mafia babes and i threw all the women that i had ever tailgated with in there 
and was just kind of like, you know what, this is going to be my spot this season because there's no ridicule, like we're safe here. And when I tell you that it was like, that was it. I, 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 we didn't even really have to proactively push it or do anything because it just organically grew within a single fan base to have 13,000 women. And it was like this moment where it was like, we're all just out here on little islands, you know, mm-hmm. and, and coming together in, in to one big island was like, it gave us that confidence and stuff to be able to talk about it. And that's why what I was saying, you know, am I watching people on your level and, and have the success and, and be taken seriously. It just, it means so much to the rest of us that we can like look up to you guys and be like, you guys are killing it. Like you're killing it. And it, it's just so great to watch you. Well, thanks. And I've had, I've had conversations with like younger, like younger women, like trying to get into the industry and everything. And I used to tell them like, don't do it. Like that would be my response. Like, don't do it. And right. now like I've kind of, told them just like just so you know like this is how it is and it's probably to a point never going to stop so make sure you're prepared for it make sure you're ready for it like mentally physically emotionally like because I wasn't ready for it I didn't like I was thrown into this like I never wanted this is never like I never wanted to be like I wasn't like, I want to be Aaron Andrews and I grow up. Like that was never something that I wanted to do. Like I went to school to be a teacher and like, um, I just kind of fell into this. And so nobody really prepared me for it. Nobody told me this is what you should expect. Nobody told me, um, be prepared for these men saying these things to you, be prepared for, you know, be prepared for the death threats, be prepared for, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I kind of wish somebody had, so I'm trying to be that for someone else, be that for somebody who's younger than me, who wants to get into this industry. I'm telling them to be prepared for this. If you want to talk about it, DM me. And that's, that has been done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all watching girl. (laughs) We really are because you guys are just paving that way and you're, you're killing it for us. And, we're just so appreciative. Um, but then I got to ask like a, a fun question to like, wait. Um, I need to know like your personal favorite, like your personal favorite moment that you've been in and, and all the experiences that you've been in. There has to be like one or two that you're like, yo, this is really cool. <laughs> yeah. So I've got two and mm-hmm. one's from like really early on and one's from fairly recently. Can I do two? <laughs> okay. You got, the, you got the floor. You got the floor. Okay. You. So my first one when I it was when I was an intern for Ed Reed. This is kind of when I realized that like this sports thing was like more than sports in a way. So when I interned for Ed Reed, I did a my first event for him. It was like a um it was a flag football tournament and it was, you know, everybody sponsored there were different sponsors and everything and um you know, people played in it and everything. And, um, afterwards we had all like, we were supposed to meet at a crab place and like go out for dinner, celebrate the event, you know, the top sponsors, um, everybody who worked on the event, Ed Reed himself, a bunch of the other players, etc. So this little boy and his dad, somehow he was like 10 or 11, something around there. This little boy and his dad somehow found out where Ed Reed was going to be after this flag football tournament. And, um, the, the owner, when we got there, the owner came in and was like, just so you know, like this little boy has been down here all day long for like six hours with his dad waiting for, for you guys to get here. So Ed Reed literally invites this kid and his dad to like have crabs and dinner with us. It was like, so cool. he didn't have to do that, you know? Yeah. And then the second one was, um, I got invited to cover the Super Bowl this year. And obviously it was a little bit different because of COVID and everything like that. But like interviewing like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes was like such a big thing for me. So those are my two things. Hey, that's so amazing. I love that. I, I'll be I honest, love- I'm a little jealous. Well, no, I'm a little <laughs> jealous. You got to interview Tom and, and Patrick. I'm just saying like that. <laughs> I've been shooting for those. I've been shooting those shots and it ain't been it ain't been working for me. I mean, like, that's something I'll, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to have kids, but, you know, that's something I'll tell my kids about. Yeah. 
That's so great. I love hearing like that emotional side of it too, a little bit, you know, because I mean, I think that obviously like, you know, we've got different emotions. We perceive things differently. We're more perceptive to little moments like that. Mm -hmm. I I just love it. Like, because I'm the same way. Like I watch different interactions with players and families and things on the field and off the field. And it's kind of like, that they're a good one. They're like, they're a really good human too, you know? And like the, everybody tells you like, don't meet your heroes. Like don't, you know, don't meet your favorite celebrity because they might not be what you think they are. But like Ed Reed is a good one. Yeah. I love that. Ed's the man. Like Ed, Ed is really the man. We got a chance in Buffalo to kind of get to know him a little bit when he coached one year under Rex Ryan. And when I tell you, he he's just one of the most um, kind-hearted you know, you see him on a football field when he was playing and obviously he's a beast. So he's like running through people and committing. He's he almost he he probably was the one that started the Tremaine Edmonds, you know, murder thing that Tremaine got going on because he's catching bodies every week. And we're going to talk about him catching bodies in a minute. But Ed Reed was doing that like when it was legal to like just take guys heads off. Right. But then when you talk to him and you and you hear his heart and you hear like the stuff that he cares about and that he's passionate about, he's one of the nicest dudes that you'll ever get to meet. So I'm glad that you had that experience with him. And like he's he's awesome. Yeah. For sure. So well, so before we get off of that, because I, I do want to from both of you now kind of just get a little bit of a, a a preview of what you might think about the Bills and the Washington football game coming up. But prior to that, um, before we get off the top, we kind of deviated and, and went to like some good moments for you. But I kind of want to go back to uh, the conversation about you being in the industry and, and um, just how difficult and but also enjoyable and all those things. Honest to God, this is an honest question from me. And I feel like there's a lot of men in the comments that either a need to hear this or b want to be a part of it but don't know how um what is the best way for men to be supportive of this and 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 to get involved in in such a way to where you know when when things are going on it it makes your world easier for both of you so it's really a question for both and i don't know whoever wants to go first but you know i feel like it, it shouldn't be something that needs to be asked i guess in a way but apparently it needs to be so what is it that um from from men from from me from justin in the comments from ryan in the comments from joe my, my co-host on the hump day hotline and just whoever what is it that we can do to support and help um just your jobs be easier on a day-to-day basis if you see something say something hey wait a minute now no i don't know if you just i don't i don't know if you know what you just did there Lindsay. i'm sorry i don't know if you know what you just did there that's my little campaign about tremaine so we, I told you, we're going to talk about Tremaine catching bodies because he's murdering people. And if you see something, say something. But OK, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That was wrong. I was <laughs> no like if you see if you see somebody saying something that shouldn't be said to a woman or doing something that shouldn't be done to a woman, say something, because a lot of times the people or the men that are saying and doing these things already don't have respect for women. So they're not going to, it's not going to matter if I say something back to them, but it might matter if you say something back to them, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And I I get it. Like a lot of people just might not want to get involved and that's totally fine. Like I don't want to spend all day arguing with John three, six, seven, two, four, nine in my mentions all day. I don't want to do that. So I understand why, you know, another guy might not want to do that. But I mean, sometimes in order to get men to realize they're doing something wrong, they need to hear it from another man. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to double down on that because that was literally, I was waiting for that (laughs) one to say the see something, say something. Because first of all, that's Spence's catchphrase over the last couple of weeks. And I was like, we look at it in a little bit of a different light. Right. So like we look at it like, oh, you see a good play. You talk about that good play, but also flip that to the other side, like flip that to, like you said, a lot of times we get what uh, I'm sure again, I, I think I'm repeating myself, but a lot of times when I get attacked, I just stay silent because if I interact once it draws more eyes to that and then it seemingly gets worse. And now I'm battling six people instead of just one person. And it's just not worth it. It's not worth it for my own mentals. It's not worth it. I've I've got better things to do. I could cook a really nice meal instead of spending time with, like you said, John in 17 digits that has two followers that is literally just created a burner to chase after people and be miserable on the timeline. And I think that I'm not, we're not really even asking for a full blown all out fight. Just acknowledge it as a man that this is, this is wrong. You know, just say that, you know, credit where credit's due, like it, it just kind of throw us, you know, 
get behind, get in our corner. That's really all that we can ask for is because a human is a human is a human. And just having those additional humans, um, you know, it, it just helps so much. It really does. And it, it, it kind of boosts us a little bit as well, because a lot of those times, like some of the stuff that we see can really break you. Like it can really break you. Um, and, and as much as you try and stay strong through it, like, like you said, I, I've cried myself to sleep more times than I can count just because of nasty things that complete strangers have said on the internet until I started to really get myself into a headspace to not let that stuff bother me anymore. It, right. That's a process to get there. So, you know, just those little bumps of, um, you know, just kind of raising awareness to it or not even bringing light to the negative negativity, but bringing light to the positivity that can be generated from that negativity is sometimes just the biggest thing for us. And that's it. Yeah. And like, how many times have you heard a man excuse another man for that man's behavior? It's the same as like, you know, mm -hmm. not bring up like heavy subjects, but like if you get raped and, you know, the policeman's the one that's saying, well, you shouldn't have been alone at night or you should. I mean, it's two different situations, but at the same time, you know, how many times has that happened? Right. Exactly. You know, and not everybody talks about it like that. And when they do, you have to kind of take that in as alarm. Like, you know, that's an alarm that there's some major issues going on, probably below the surface on multiple levels, um, both on socials and in real life. And right. so it's just frustrating. Well, I do want to, um, and Kristen might be mad at me about this, but I do want to uh, make a statement about something. Um, so the babes and Brother Bill recently, I'm not going to say, too much, Kristen, I promise. But the babes and brother Bill recently um, at the home opener did a fundraiser with um, Tommy Dreamer, old ex wrestler. And this past week, something came out that he said some basically the conversation you just had, like, how many times will guys take up for another guy? He took up for Ric Flair in a way that just was inappropriate. It was wrong. And um, I feel that there's an attack right now because now they're connected the the babes and brother bill are both connected to this guy because of a fundraiser that they did the thing is it's wrong it's inappropriate i didn't say anything earlier because kristen told me to chill uh, so i'm still chilling like i'm not gonna call the, the specific person out and i'm not gonna but you know it's wrong and and one of those things that has to happen is at some point as a fan base and not even a fan base just as a people we have to like really start treating people fairly. You know, I've had conversations previously in the past on my show and on other platforms about racism, because that's something that I have dealt with. Um, I'm not a woman, so I can't speak to, you know, the way men treat you ladies or, or even I'm sure there are women who sometimes take up for guys out of pocket too, which is kind of weird, but um, all in all there, there seems to be, um, like a box sometimes that women are placed in. And if you don't stay in that box and behave appropriately, it's like, it's your fault. And I just, I kind of, I kind of hate that. So one of the things that I'm trying to do, obviously this is a football podcast and this is a, but I've been given a platform and there are going to be times like this where I'm going to use it for the right reason. Um, last season I did one about domestic violence. I had, I had Allison on and she talked about um, just all of the things that, people can do to get out of abusive situations and relationships. And, um, you know, I had somebody on for mental health and I've had, so things like this matter to me. So I do want to say like, look, if you're a guy in these comments or you're like David, I just blocked one. I don't know if y'all saw that or not. Um, but if, if you're a guy and you're on the timeline you're in these comments or you're whatever, and you think that it's okay to, to act a certain way and be a certain way, I'm going to call it out. And um, this is the last time I'm going to do it this politically correct. And I'm only doing this in, in, I guess, in honor or in respect to what Kristen asked me not to do. Um, but but no, at some point, you know, I don't care who you are. I don't care what level you think you're on. And I don't care, you know, what things you tend to operate or, or how you're popular and what circles you're popular in. You, this got to stop. It just has to stop because, you know, it just has to stop. And I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. So. Whew, let's lighten up a little bit. Let's let's let the air out of that. This Sunday, our Buffalo Bills are are playing against the Washington Football Team, and unfortunately, it's in Buffalo, and I'm not there this time. I'm like, I, or it's in Orchard Park, and I want to be there. My guy John Fina is gonna be there for it. They got a couple legends coming for it. Uh, Lindsay, let's let's start with you. What do you think? You know, uh, how do you see this this game happening Sunday? 
Um, it's, I think it's going to be a good one. Um, I am really excited about Chase Young. I love him. Um, I was in the Taylor, Tyler, Taylor Heineke should start crew since the beginning. Um, not to like diss on Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I just, you know, I kind of figure, you know, roll with the younger guy, see what he has. Um, so I think, I think they have a really good team. I don't think they have all the pieces there yet. I'll just say, I'll just say that. Um, but I think can I can I can I cut you off for a quick second there because sure. I, I I don't I was gonna forget I know my mind um so Ty, Taylor Heineke so obviously everybody in Buffalo loves Ryan Fitzpatrick like yeah. I always make the analogy like he's the girlfriend of your past or for you he's the boyfriend of your past that you know mm-hmm. is just not the boyfriend you need he's not gonna be your husband he's not the franchise guy not gonna get you a ring but you just love him because he's like <laughs> you know he's just something in your heart that just won't let him go. Favorite. Yeah. So, and that's what fits it. And that's what fits it. So we love him wherever he goes besides when he was in Miami and when he was in with the jets, but we loved him then. We just didn't love him when he played against us. I also think that Tyler looked good or Taylor looked good and he should have been the starter. Um, do you think it's his job to lose now? I mean, cause I know, you know, Fitz is, he's on IR. He's going to come back. I think in two more weeks, what do you, what do you think? Do you think it's, it's Fitz job as soon as he gets off IR or is this Heineke's job to lose? I think it's Heineke's job to lose. Um, if he keeps, I mean, he didn't play like lights out last week, but he did enough to win and he did it. And, you know, nobody, ca- nobody counted on him to win. So um, everybody counted him out. So um, I feel like if he continues to play the way he's playing, then putting Fitzpatrick in there is going to be a difficult decision. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, give me a quick, um, give me, a, I don't want to say prediction on score or anything, but give me a, a quick prediction on how you see the game going. Okay. Um, I definitely think Chase Young's going to give that offensive line a problem like we talked about earlier. Um, But I feel like, I feel like Josh Allen's good enough. I feel like Josh Allen's going to have, I guess he kind of had a bounce back week last week, but I feel like he's going to look a lot more like Josh Allen this week. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm hoping so because I'm I'm tired of arguing with all the fan base saying that Josh isn't. Yeah. It's like, yo, he's regressing already. He's going back to 2018 Josh. And it's like, wait, Pump your brakes. Pump your brakes. Uh, what about you, Kristen? What do you think we're going into um, this Sunday with, at Orchard Park, you know, when Washington the f- or the football team comes in to face the Bills? <laughs> you know, I actually I named one of my fantasy teams the fantasy football team. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I, uh, I think we're actually all kind of on the same page. Um, sadly, I would have loved loved because again the buffalo i mean would have loved to see fitzpatrick take that field again for us i am really upset about that that injury with him not only you know because i wanted to see him play again but also i was really excited for him for our fans reactions to him walking into that stadium because i mean bill's mafia is loud like we are loud and especially like to you know we went through a drought for 20 years you know i mean we we still stood by those players and we loved them on these different levels and we found other reasons to love them. And I think that a lot of us did that with Fitz. So for me personally, I followed him along, you know, around the league and every endeavor that he's moved on to after, um, it, you know, as many bazillion of those as it's been, um, would have loved to see him back. But I, I think that we're, I think that obviously we're not going to have another blowout like we had with, with the dolphins. Um, I think that we are walking into a game that is going to be, difficult again for us defensively. I think that Washington and Pittsburgh's defenses are very similar. Um, I'm worried about our O-line. We have massive holes, not massive. We have holes in our O-line. And I I think that that is going to be an issue. I still think we're going to win, but I don't think it's going to be as pretty as, you know, we really expect it to be, you know, as some expect it to be. Okay. Well, save your score prediction for, for the chop up. That's because that's because we need that for the chop up, but um, I'm going with both of you. I think, I think it's going to be a, a, it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's by all, by any means going to be a 35 to nothing. Of course, Bills fans would like that, but I think it's going to be a good game. I think that, um, you know, to your point, that kid young, he, he's something serious. He's something serious to look at, but then even offensively, we just talked about Tyler Heineke, um, Taylor Heineke taking that position, but, Look, we have some old friends out there, too, that's that's really looking good. My friend Logan Thomas, he was in Buffalo for a minute there. Now he's looking like one of the top tight ends in the league. I know he hasn't quite had the big game yet. It's only two weeks, but he's the real deal out there. And they have some receivers out there. They got a young running back that's pretty good. So 
I don't think it's going to be one of those games where, where Bills fans are just like, all right, we're going to go in there and dominate. We need to relax. We need to pump the brakes. So looking forward to it. Lindsay, thank you so much for doing this. Like you don't understand how exciting um, this show for me has been. And um, it's actually, it's probably going to go down as one of my favorites because of, because of the topics that we tackled and the things that we were able to talk about. Um, but before we get out of here, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on, on the socials, where they can find your website and your content. And, um, and then, you know, just if you got any last words or anything you want to say to the fan base. Um, you can find me at Lindsay. Okay. It's with two Y's. Um, pretty much everything is the same username. So you don't have to really search for it. Um, LindsayOK.com too. I talk about quarterbacks and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And one of my, on my bucket list is to go to a Bill's tailgate. I have not done it yet, but let's link up. (laughs) You know what? Before, before, so because um, crazy. Well, before we end the show or when we end the show, it's going to be like a little outro thing. Just sit tight for a second. I got, we got to talk before you leave. So <laughs> Kristen, let everybody know where they can find you and what you got going on. Um, on Twitter, you can find me at, at Kimmick 86. Um, you can also find the Bills Mafia Babes Twitter at, at Bills Mafia Babes. Um, you can find me with Spence every Saturday night at 9 p.m. on the chop up. Um, and we also, if you want to link in, if you're a female and you want to jump into our female only Bills Babes group on Facebook, uh, that's where that's where it's at for us. All right. And y'all know how I do it here. It's your boy, Jay Spence, the King. And I'm representing that Buffalo Rumblings podcast and YouTube network. Y'all know where to find me at Jay Spence, the King on Twitter. And y'all already know, love each other, take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills. You got to say it, Lindsay. I know you're, you got to say it. Thank you. Code of conduct.